Welcome to our Astros Game 1 World Series post-game show. My co-host, R.G. Seal, joining me. And boy, R.G., this is exactly what I was afraid of. You got the best maybe pitcher of the last, I don't know, half century uh, on the mound. And he's a lefty, and the Astros don't hit lefties. And if Keuchel isn't perfect, you're not going to win the game. And, and that's pretty much the way it went. Yeah, but nobody hits this lefty. It's Clayton Kershaw, and you said it right there. I mean, he was just phenomenal in game one versus the Astros. Seven innings pitch, three hits, uh, 11 strikeouts. But just not only that, just the way that he was – the artistry, the way, w- way he was able to pitch there – paint the corners with his slider or put a curveball over the plate. I mean, that one at bat with Correa, I mean, he just made him look silly on that called third strike. I mean, he was just pretty much the Clayton Kershaw that you've seen for many of the past several seasons, a Cy Young, Clayton Kershaw. I know the Dodgers have a great bullpen, and they showed that too with Brandon Morrow and Kenley Jansen. But, I mean, seeing Kershaw leave the game, you might have thought maybe there's a slight sliver or hope or, or chance there because when he's on, he's – almost unbeatable and uh, Alex Bregman was really the only one I know the Astros had three hits but he got that home run and Keuchel was also really good I, I really felt bad for Keuchel because he made two mistakes made a mistake to uh, Chris Taylor to begin the game that ball hung over the plate a home run there and then he also made a mistake of course when he had uh, Justin Turner down on the count and this is what happened in the Yankees series too a lot of those two out rallies remember those in the Bronx I mean if Chris Taylor doesn't walk that inning ends potentially Keiko can make the right pitch instead Chris Taylor gets on Justin Turner hits a home run and that turns out to be the difference in the ball game Keiko gave up a walk you you can't give up walks to good teams in the playoffs and we never see Keiko give up walks so that wasn't good. The positives you mentioned, Bregman, Josh Reddick. Again, he needed to get out of the slump a little bit, and I think getting a base hit against Clayton Kershaw should be good for his confidence. Davinsky comes in, gives up no damage. Uh, Brad Peacock comes in, no damage. So a couple guys actually come out of the bullpen and get the jo- job done uh, for one of the very few times in, in the last, uh, I don't know, uh, <laughs> last postseason, I guess, the last part of the postseason. So that that was all good. The bad news is, RG, if you don't take care of business tomorrow night, it gets ugly really fast because you got Keiko and Verlander. Those are your two best pitchers, and you really need Verlander to come up with a win because you don't want to try to win four out of five, especially against the Dodgers the way they played all year. And, of course, they got home field advantage, so they're going to have two more games and end it at Dodger Stadium. So the Astros badly need to win that this game, too. Of course, it's, it is important, and you're as as good as your next starting pitcher, and, and Justin Verlander's been unbeaten in an Astros uniform. We know his sterling effort in the ALCS, where he ended up pitching two games and uh, winning the ALCS MVP. He had the nine-inning c- complete game uh, with 124 pitches, and, and then his uh, shutout innings in the, in the follow-up game in the ALCS. And I mean, since he's been an Astro, since that acquisition, he's really pitched well. I mean, I wouldn't give up on the season either if the Astros were down 0-2. We saw that with the Rockets in 1994-95, Clutch City. So no matter what happens here, the Dodgers are expected to hold serve. They're expected to win these two. The Astros know they have to get some game at Dodger Stadium, probably two, because it's really, I know they the Astros have played extremely well at home this postseason, but to sweep a team like the Dodgers that's that good, three straight games at home, that's going to be a very difficult task. So you'd like to start it, like you said, in game two with Justin Verlander and really seeing this offense hopefully be able to show some signs of life against a left-hander 
like Rich Hill. And I, I'm sorry, I, I disagree with you a little bit about because, I mean, during the regular season, I know the Astros, they had some difficulties with left-handers, but they still, guys like Bregman hits left-handers extremely well. What, what we're really seeing right now, we're seeing the struggles of George Springer. Okay, I mean, this is the guy, the straw that stirs the drink, and he had the golden sombrero in game one. He still looks lost at the plate. He looked lost at the plate in in the ALCS. And we know from years past, we know from watching the Astros, if Springer gets on, is hitting home runs, I mean, he really does ignite the offense because then, of course, you want to have Altuve and Correa. They're, they're the linchpins in the lineup. They're the building blocks of foundation. But, yeah, as happens a lot of times, those top – you know, three or four batters, but especially if George Springer and Alex Bregman can get on and put traffic on the bases before Altuve and Correa, that'll really help the Astros out. Hey, hey, can I ask you something about Springer? Because do you see, does he look, does he look lost at the plate? Because what I see is a guy that uh, he, he's just, his balance isn't what it was. He, he, he looks off when he starts his swing. And, and it's something that I've started to notice with him because you, you know, with George Springer, that he's going to look bad sometimes when he swings and misses. We've seen that throughout his career. But what he's been able to do that's better over the course of this season, he's continued to get better at making contact. Obviously, this season was his best at doing that. And then also, uh, he's been good at going the other way and showing patience and you know not trying to hit it out of the ballpark. And it looks like he's trying to pull too many balls early in the count where you just go, when you're in a slump like this, just – just try to go the other way. You know, just he, he looks like he has no idea what he wants to do in those first two pitches. And, and you can't with the Clayton Kershaw, it, you can't be patient. He likes to wait. And sometimes he'll get down an account. Oh, and two with the Clayton Kershaw. Uh, th- that's not going to work because Kershaw, if you if you miss the one pitch that you had a chance to hit, the, the bat's over with. Yeah, especially the way that Kershaw was pitching in game one. Again, he was simply tremendous and he was hitting all his spots. So you're right. Uh, but I, getting back to what you're saying about George Springer, he does look lost and confused at the plate. You know, it probably is a, a little bit of mechanics, but at this point, it's also mental too because you know he had a very difficult AC, ALCS. He wants to play well, but I, I think what you're saying there too. I think a lot of times when hitters are struggling, they really do want to try to pull the ball. They want to hit the big swing, and you can see that with Springer. He wants to get that home run, get things started. But a lot of times, how do hitters snap out of it? You're right; they hit it to the other way. They they uh, they go with what the pitcher gives them. And, and really, that's probably something that Springer's going to have to do. But he's also going to have to go and look at videotape, work with his hitting instructors uh, and get it figured out because the Astros really need his bat. Anything else that you saw that stuck out from the first game? I mean, it, really, it was nondescript from an Astros perspective. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot to talk about because strategy wise, I didn't feel like there was a ton either. I mean, it was, you know, could, should you have bunted, tried to bunt Keiko with two strikes? I don't know. I, I don't think it would matter. Clayton Kershaw's on the mound. You know, what is Keiko going to get a base hit against Clayton Kershaw? I don't think so. You know, this is National League ball. We had discussed this with Bill Brown that National League teams have a, a significant advantage in the World Series because, look, Look at Game 7. Who hit the home run that put the Astros up ahead? It was Evan Gaddis. That could have been another bat in the lineup against a Clayton Kershaw. It just lengthens the lineup. And, and instead, you, know, you have Dallas Keuchel in the, the nine spot, and he's coming up to to bat. And, and like you said, uh, you know, if he had been able to execute that, put the runner in scoring position, but again, the way that Springer's hitting right now, it wouldn't have made much of a difference there. I, I did think that, like what you had said earlier, I, I want to get back to the bullpen I was pleased to at least see the Astros have 
some of their key bullpen arms like uh, Brad Peacock and uh, Chris Davinsky come into the game and that they were able to you know have uh, effective outings because About that's time. still going to be huge. Yeah. I mean, that's they're going to need them this series. They're going to need them. as They're not going to be able to pitch, as we saw I mean, in, in game one. They're not going to be able to pitch and ha- get complete games. They're not going to be able to go to McCullers to close out games because he's uh, A.J. Hintz announced that he's either going to be starting game three or game four, most likely game three. So then you're not going to have him in the bullpen. And you can't go to Giles, as we've seen. Yes, you can do the two innings occasionally, but if you're going to be pitching him three, uh, two or three consecutive games in a row and the Dodgers see him a lot of time and he builds up pitch counts, as we know, you're going to have to have some of those bridge guys. So whether that's Peacock and and, and especially, too, also uh, in, in Davinsky and uh, um, somebody like a Joe Musgrove. But we've, we've also seen that, and I know you don't want to hear this either, that, I mean, the Dodgers have some susceptibility with their bats like a – even though Corey Seager ended up getting a couple of hits off of Dallas Keuchel, uh, you saw what uh, Cody Bellinger, uh, he wasn't able to, to muster any hits off Dallas Keuchel. Those are left-handed bats. You're going to need to have a, a Francisco Liriano potentially come into the game, or at least a Chris Davinsky, who's played well, pitched well against left-handers, has that good change-up, the slider, the mix of pitches that can get left-handers out. So you're going to need that in this series still. Well, the one thing that uh, I guess is a good sign is that the Astros, you know, they, they, they have Justin Verlander in game two, and uh, he's good. Uh, he's pretty darn good. So that's a good that's good news for him going into game two. And I, I think they get the advantage. I mean, Rich Hill is a lefty RG, but Justin Verlander, that's advantage Astros going into game two. You're as good as your next starting pitcher. And I, I think the Astros, t- to be honest with you, I mean, if you're talking about top three starters, I know you, Darvish, I guess that you, some people would maybe give him the slide edge. But if Lance McCullers has his stuff going, I, I mean, I think that's an even matchup. Justin Berlander advantage and Clayton Kershaw, of course, with his pedigree, a slide advantage there. But the way that Charlie Morton has pitched this postseason as opposed to what Alex Wood did, uh, you know, that the, the Astros are going to have to get good efforts from their starters they're going to have to have the lead because you don't want to get into a battle of the bullpens. Now, do I think the Astros can break through against the Dodgers bullpen? I, I don't think they're going to be able to continue this scoreless streak. I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, they've been phenomenal. They they had went 17 scoreless innings against the Cubs in, in the AL, in the in the NLCS. But I mean, to really, I know they have Kenley Jansen closing out games, and Brandon Moore has been sensational. Kenty Maeda comes into games as a starter turn reliever has been phenomenal. They have Tony Watson. I mean, they have just all these different guys to throw at you from the bullpen. So the Astros really do need to have the lead. But is it impossible for them to come back? You know, nothing's impossible. So, I mean, I think that's going to be interesting, like you said, coming up in this next game because the Astros – are facing Rich Hill's been good. He's a crafty lefty, but he's not somebody that's, you know, just going to blow you away with his stuff. Or So it is definitely advantage Verlander. The only thing that I'm a little bit leery of is we saw how how the ball really carries at Dodger Stadium when it's in this 100-degree heat. And so just have to be careful because sometimes, as we've seen, you know, especially Justin Verlander and some of the parks where, you know, in, in the past were – uh, it, the, the ball can fly out of there, you know, that, that, you know, sometimes that that will happen, you know, he'll give up those, uh, 
look like fly balls and they just fly out of the ballpark as home runs. So hopefully that's not the case. And, and he's just been sensational since pitching with the Astros. And he has something to prove in the World Series, too, because he's I, I, looking at his numbers in the World Series. He's 0-3 with an over-7 ERA. So just like Clayton Kershaw had something to prove coming into his first World Series with all the postseason questions and having an over-4 ERA, definitely Justin Verlander is going to want to prove that this – uh, postseason string of success with the Astros, which he's always been a good postseason pitcher. I'm just saying his few appearances in the World Series for the Tigers, it wasn't up to the usual Justin Verlander standard. So hopefully for the Astros' sake, tomorrow in game two, he can come out and have an outstanding outing and the Astros can go back to Houston with a split. Uh, that's uh, that's about it. The last thing I was just going to mention was uh, the fact that Jackie Robinson's family was there, which was kind of cool. And I thought Ben wasn't going to show up. So that was kind of nice. And so you had a couple of those things that were kind of cool just from a baseball fan standpoint. I saw Sandy Koufax there. You don't see Sandy Koufax roaming around too often. So that was some 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 cool names that you saw from Dodgers past that were there. Well, you didn't mention Tommy Lasorda either, right? Tommy Lasagna. We forgot to mention him. <laughs> that little bit of hatred, I guess, for Tommy Lasagna because, you know, he was an Astros rival back in the 80s. So I, I remember all that. Well, one thing I want to mention before we go, too, is just talking about the, the Dodgers. And they did get Corey Seager back. And for for people that you know didn't know, he was out completely of the NLCS. He's back for the World Series. He was one of their better hitters during – or one of their best hitters during the regular season – he is, uh, you know, one of the rising superstars in the game, like a Carlos Correa type player. And uh, he ended up getting uh, in the game a couple of hits. And so I was kind of interested to see how he would be because he injured himself sliding. He had some back problems, but he was able to also play shortstop. I still think against the Astros with a DH over the weekend, the Dodgers will probably uh, end up playing Culberson and putting in a cigarette DH. But, but we'll see. But that that's interesting that he got back to play. And I I also still still think that it's going to be key for the Astros to uh, hopefully get some production from the lower part of their lineup. Uh, Reddick did get the base hit. So that's a good thing that he kind of is uh, hopefully breaking out of his slump because he uh, finally did in game seven and then another hit in game one. Uh, but just also, I, I still think besides Springer, I think Marwin Gonzalez is another guy that struggled in the American League Championship Series and and had an offer again. It was against, you know, a tremendous Dodgers pitching staff. But still, you, you'd like to see Marwin Gonzalez start stringing some hits together because that lower half of the lineup where you have, it was so key having McCann have those hits uh, in Game 7, Game 6 and Game 7. And then, you know, if you can get some production from Reddick, some production from Marwin Gonzalez, I mean, that's what the Astros, they really need to get kind of that because they they want to be able to put some pressure on the Dodgers and Dodgers pitchers to have to make pitches. And, uh, you know, you see what happens when you get foot traffic on the bases, even with two outs. The Astros have learned the hard way uh, with uh, in the series on the road versus the Yanks and the Dodgers early on. Yeah, I feel like you're just kind of droning, like everybody's kind of tuned out because we've been talking about the Astros lineup now for you know, basically seven games. But I mean, this is a game one wrap up. I mean, what do you want to do? We've got to discuss what's going on here. Talk about the series. It's only game one. So people just take a chill pill and droning about it. But I mean, that's what you do. You dissect, you break it down. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we've broken down the fact that Marwin and George Springer and, you know, those guys have been st- stinking it up for, you know, the, the, I mean, we've been talking about that since the end of the Red Sox series. So, 
Yeah, those guys have got those guys have got to get it going. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what to say except uh, get it going, guys. Come on, this is the World Series. Get excited! Well, I mean, it, it is the exciting. It is the World Series again. So for people who just you know, at least for the last a couple of days, the Astros have grabbed national attention. Uh, they the only team to have won a pennant, as we discussed before, the American League and and the National League. And they're in the World Series, and you have to be able to enjoy this moment, too. I know it's going to be tense-ridden. It is for me. I pace, and, and you, too, the way that we watch the games. We're lifelong Houston fans, but also have been doing media work. And so you have kind of that, that mix, though. But we're always looking at it and pulling for the Astros. And, and this is just an exciting time to see the Houston Astros in the World Series. And unfortunately, it didn't go the way that the Astros fans wanted it in Game 1. Uh, but again, let's not forget that the Chicago Cubs lost game one against Cleveland Indians at Progressive Field a year ago and ended up winning the World Series. There's still a long way to go. And I mean, that that's what you can take heart in is uh, each game's a new game and a chance to get the momentum going again. And the Astros have proven that, you know, they're not even when they're kind of down and out, they're not dead yet. It's like the old Monty Python, not dead yet. First time two teams that have both won 100 games are in this series. And you would say, I think a lot of years you would go, oh, it's the Astros year. They won 100 games. They look at all the stuff that they've done and blah, 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 blah. And then you look over on the other side and you're like, well, then the Dodgers have done the same thing. And a lot of times just the difference between those two teams, it, it, it seems like, you know, when te- teams are that great is you go to bullpen and you go to home field advantage. And, and you know, that, that's what your big concern is, is that's where the Astros – uh, have have their issues. You know, this game, it didn't matter. Uh, the home field might have mattered, but the, definitely the bullpen stuff didn't matter this game. But yeah, that's that, that that's what your concern is. And and, you know, I you hope that this is the Astros year. But, you know, if you're if you're in L.A., I'm sure you think the exact same thing. This looks like the Dodgers year, you know, <laughs> you know, so the Dodgers. It, 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 yes, everybody's going to be thinking that because, oh, it's the first time. And they, today was actually the anniversary of that Kirk Gibson home run, I believe. So it's like all of those type of things. Oh, it's a Dodgers year, first time in 29 years, and all the walk-off wins and the way that everything's come together, and it seems to be so easy going through the postseason. But, yeah, so everybody feels that they're the team of destiny and everything. But Cruz! You know what that is? It's also the anniversary of Jose Cruz being traded to the Houston Astros 45 years ago. There so there go. there you go. We'll, we'll one-up you on the Kirk Gibson thing. We got Jose Cruz that day, so check that out. Yeah, that, what I was just going to say, though, too, is that with the... Uh, yeah, I threw you off with the Jose Cruz stuff. That's the way it goes sometimes. Jose Cruz, you'll throw you off your game because he was, he was the man back in the 70s and the 80s. Loved Jose. Hey, uh, RG, uh, we got to remind people, if they missed it, go back and listen to Brownie. We talked to Brownie. Bill Brown, the Astros legend, preview in this series, talking a little bit about the Astros postseason so far. If you somehow missed that, we put that up on Sunday. Go check it out. If you just want to feel good for 47 minutes, go listen to the post game from Game 7 because we were pumped up, and it was magnificent and so much fun to see the Astros beat the Yankees in a seven-game series to get into this World Series. So lots of fun stuff like that. Uh, Locked on Texans, i got to remind everybody, hey, we're still doing that on a daily basis, pumping those out. The Seahawks coming up this week. Oh, come on. It's Astros time this week. Let's go with the Astros. Yeah, well, we could talk about the Texans because they got Dwayne Brown back. You got one of your best players in Texans history is back on the roster. I mean, we got Steph Stradley in talking about 
Dwayne Brown, you know, it's, it's, you got to go listen to that one. Uh, it's fun. Always fun to talk to Steph. She knows her stuff. And, but uh, yeah, hopefully the Astros can get it back together. Do you, do you have your like a lucky rabbit's foot going right now? Or you have your Astros troll that you're rubbing its head every, every time during the series? What are you doing right now? Well, isn't the Astros troll, isn't that the little uh, bobblehead with uh, Yuli Gulieski? Because uh, he pretty much has that troll hair, right? So I guess that's maybe the Astros lucky kind of thing there. But Do, do you take a shot every time Bregman uh, screams out really loud and they go to the shot and then you get the the the, the uh, big mic sound from Fox Sports on that or you know I, I don't like Bregman just like one I'll just finish up with this and you can give me if you have any last parting thoughts but boy that that kid he's he's a special player and you see like he is there is absolutely as we said after game seven there's no fear in this kid and just the home run the way he's the aggressiveness that he plays third base and just getting everything. I don't want to put put the hex on him because he's played such great third base, but man, it sticks out like a sore thumb the way he plays third base and with the aggression and, and, you know, he started a couple of, a couple of double plays and just, I mean, Bregman's just been incredible. Let's just look at his postseason. He's hit home runs off of Chris sale and Clayton Kershaw. That's pretty much all you need to know. Cause those are the two best left-handers probably in the game. So, I mean, if you're you're talking about making your n- name in, on the big stage in the postseason, and plus he had that throw in Game 7 against the Yankees and the a- LCS that really turned the tide in that game to home play. It was very risky. Most uh, Like if you were uh, in, in Vegas, the odds on make, converting that type of play would have been uh, – you know, pretty high, uh, excuse me, pretty low. So low percentage. And yet he was able to do that and pull it off. It was a magic act. So it was, yeah, more David Copperfield like in Vegas, if, if anything. So yeah, that would, that was something with Alex Bregman. I mean, when the Astros drafted him, they saw something there, the kid from LSU, the way that he came up through the minor league system, the way that he, he started off, remember he struggled, had that big offer and, uh, really, uh, was having a hard time and right, AJ right. Hitch said you're the best hitter on oh, this yeah. team and he and he came through and started hitting and he was really you know after that the arguably the best hitter on the team and so he comes through at key moments he's part of the the Astros core four that we like to talk about with the lineup with their young players with George Springer Carlos Correa Jose Altuve Alex Bregman so yeah yeah I mean he's been incredible I mean can't say enough about the way he showed up and obviously Altuve, uh, the consistency in the crick, the consistency in the least. You just need to get some of these other guys in. And Yuli's been great for most of the postseason, too. Got to throw him in there. But Astros lose this one 3 to 1, game 1, game 2. Verlander tomorrow. Let's get it done, guys. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. For more interviews, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes. Or if you're an Android user, download our free Houston Sports Talk app in the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher or the TuneIn app, and our website is HoustonSportsTalk.net.